And welcome to the first quarter review Art of Score podcast. I am Ron Brown, here with Tim Brown. What's up? And Mike Forty. Very happy to be here. Very happy. Yes. Sitting in my living room. It's a beautiful thing. Right, hit us up on Twitter, Art of Score, on our website, artofscore.wordpress.com. Lots of good stuff. Lots of tons content. of content, massive amounts of content. Copious you don't know we have, se- we have so many sections. We have the starts and sits. We do picks every week. We do waiver wire transactions, and then we review what we had told you to do the previous week because we want to be accountable and we want to show you that we actually know what we're talking about. And the other guys don't really do that. So trying to set ourselves apart from the other podcasts. Now this is our first quarter review. So I wanted to talk to you guys first about how your teams are doing. Like how'd you draft? How you doing? A lot of injuries. How you feeling? Uh, I guess I'll start. I'm in six leagues and, uh, I am having some difficulties. Uh, and it's been a matter of uh, circumstance. And the one thing I would like to say to everybody is that uh, if you're frustrated with where your fantasy team is, if you're two and two or one and four, you know one and three, or you know God forbid, zero and four, you got you got to hang in there. Uh, it's you know the season passes quickly, but things do change, and uh, you might as well have some fun with it while you're playing it. Yeah, and, and you know if you are one and three, and you, and I'm in a league, and Forty and I are together in a league one and three, we've been decimated by injuries, but. You know, unlike in real life, you could rattle off six wins in a row if you get your guys healthy and you make the right moves. And it's not like an insurmountable thing. I mean, but you do have to, you know, start really taking inventory of who's producing, who's not. You know, can I wait on this guy, this injured guy? And that's you know, what a lot of the management actually is, especially uh, I've had a season in particular where I've been uh, in two of my leagues. I've been decimated by injury. The one that I share with Ron uh, we saw something promising from from Shane Vereen, and now we have to wait until week 11 so, <laughs> or, or later. So there are things like that. There are situations like that that you have to know. You know, it's almost when we go back to our preseason prepper about what you have to know about your league and everything, uh, this is why it's important. You need to know how many spots you're going to have on your roster and if you have IR spots and all that stuff because you're going to make decisions like this. Now, this is the first quarter report, so some of these decisions you can't make yet. Some of these things need a little bit more time to f- to feel out your team, perhaps. But you know, with four games done already, you kind of know what your team lacks. Now, you may not be able to correct all those problems in the next, you know, two or three weeks. It may take a while. But it, Ron's right; it's much easier in fantasy football to reel off some wins than it is in reality. If your team's getting its ass kicked in reality, they're probably in for a long season. Yeah, well, Tim, how are you, how, how are how are your teams doing? How, I just how many say, if you're, you're if you're I'm in five leagues. But if you're getting your ass kicked in the leagues, just play spoiler, if nothing else. Aim to kick yeah, everybody else's ass. Because that's pretty much all you have. It's a, you know, at that point, if you're 0-4, it's not panic time yet. But if you lose another one, yeah, you're, you're pretty much done. So just play yeah, spoiler. Keep making waiver moves and make those. Yeah, don't, never, never give up because, you know. It, we are big anti, uh, you know, we, we don't, uh, uh, you know, endorse being a lazy owner or tanking or any of that stuff. Because not, it's, stop paying attention, anything it, like that. It ruins it for everybody. And you know what? Life is kind of cyclical. You're going to need somebody to play for you one day to get you into playoffs or something. 
uh, don't don't take the rest of the season off just because you're having a bad time. I know, like for me, uh, just to finish off where I am with my teams, in some of these leagues, it is personally defeating. I hate going over the waiver wires in these leagues because I already feel defeated. It's only natural, you know. If you're having a bad year in one of your leagues, you don't necessarily want to go through all the research it's going to take to find the gem to put in the lineup to maybe give yourself a, a chance against an opponent. But you know what? You're playing fantasy football. I mean, it's not a life or death situation. Just do the extra five minutes of work and make your league better just by participating, like Tim advises. So, Tim, how are you? Five leagues. What do you got? I'm 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 not good. Uh, one league <laughs> that I do at work, I'm three and one. And that's and that's the best, which isn't that bad. Although it's a free league, no money. So, uh, of course, you always win the free ones. Yeah. So all the other ones, I'm about 500 or way below 500. So yeah, it, I mean it, it's it, it's frustrating at the time because you think you have a it, it's one of those things where you think you have a great draft, and then all of a sudden injuries hit or you know you have somebody in that you just totally tank. Yeah, and it just oh yeah it, no it, we're it, gonna go over some of those guys later on. You know it, it just it, it, it's disheartening, but at the same time I kind of take pride in trying to. You know, even if I'm terrible, I try to take pride in trying to kick the other person's ass that's winning. Yeah, you got to you got to dig your way out, and it's possible. I've and done it before. Moves you know. to spoil it for them if they have injuries and stuff like that. I mean, oh yeah, you. I, I love stealing guys from, especially you know, in first place that you know they have an injury and steal it. Oh, I love it. Nothing, nothing better than stealing someone else's guy. But another thing on tanking though, too, <clears throat> is if you tank in that league, they may not ask you back to play in that league. That's true. A lot of so, a lot of uh, leagues that are built on friendships kind of dissolve <laughs> when that stuff gets involved. I, I mean, it's a little early to think about, you know, to, to seriously accuse somebody of tanking at 0-4. You know, but I'm just more directing it towards the – you do kind of feel hopeless in some of these situations after four games because you came off the best time of the year, which was fantasy draft time, and you were all excited and you were, you know, all right, let's go, let's go. I like my strategy. I like what I got, you know. You think you nailed it. Yeah, yeah, and then just a short turnaround. I mean, this isn't like you've gone the whole season and, and you lose a tough playoff game or you've gone the whole season and you, you're just getting edged out for the playoffs or something. This is right off the bat. You don't even get to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, know? and then it's a struggle the rest of the way. You know, and, and I it's, have, it's a bummer. But. I have experiences this year in all of them. Uh, one league, I'm undefeated. One league, I'm in second or third place. And then in a couple leagues, I am at 500 or under, so I get the full gamut. But, you know... I try to try equally in all yeah. those leagues just because it makes it a better league. Don't be that guy. Yeah, no, I mean, in my leagues, I'm, you know, I have two three and one teams. I have two two and two teams, and I have two one and three teams. And in one of my two and two leagues, which is my dynasty league, I scored the most points in the league. But I'm still two and two, you know? I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it happens. You know, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating thing, yeah. But, you know, and, but hey, you just keep chugging away but uh i wanted to start in start talking about some guys really get into it dig into some surprises so far in the first quarter of the season um, it has been a strange year i mean i think i say this every fantasy season but this one has been crazy so if you are having problems that's another part of it that this has been a very unpredictable year i would say at least from what i expected going into this season yeah no i mean there's been some serious surprises i mean i First one, I mean Jordan Cameron. I liked him, and I, I know I know forty. You didn't you weren't as high on him, but I th- I thought he was gonna be a good player. But I mean he's the second rated tight end in the league right now, behind Jimmy Graham. 
who is playing out of his mind. Well, I, I definitely call Jimmy Graham, but you know, looking back on that draft, I would have taken him like third. <laughs> uh, but I think with Jordan Cameron, I think we all had the same opinion that he was getting a lot of sleeper hype. Um, and he was going, I think, in like the eighth or ninth rounds of drafts, and we all thought, man, that's a lot, uh, real high for an unproven guy well, yeah, because, on a because, bad offense. Yeah, because you can see him, and he, he did. You know, he was drafted, and he didn't do anything for the first was it two years? First, first year, I mean, nothing. And everyone was high on him, and it's just like you have nothing to go by. So I, that, I, I you kind of had that skepticism, but he, he's yeah, especially in, in, except for it's not like his past game, but it's not like projecting Julius Thomas. Who came out of nowhere? But he had Peyton Manning throwing the ball, and Julius Thomas had a couple preseasons where he looked like he was going to be a player. Right, like Cameron, uh, you know, uh, Cameron was a metrics guy. Let's be honest about this. He was hyped because he had the uh, had the body in the frame, and there is something to that. Absolutely, there's something in the metrics. But yeah, that basketball <laughs> background, so everyone wants to get that Jimmy Graham and that Tony Gonzalez. And, yeah, but you would Antonio think that Gates. you know the Browns are are like a tire fire of an offense before this year. You know, they're very difficult. The Browns are actually the most unpredictable team in the league, I think, right now. I No, I mean, if anybody, you know, I mean, I know they just played last night and they're 3-2, and two, but, I mean, they're in first place in the division. And, honestly, there was not one point this year I thought they would be in first place, even after the first week of the season. You know, it's it's yeah. insane, but that's what makes football fun. Um, Phil, next one, I mean, the Lazarus of the group, Philip Rivers. I mean, has risen oh, God. <laughs> from the dead. I mean, like, Trust me, he's on my fantasy what? team. I, I think Tim even dead. went on a rant. Didn't you even go on a rant on one of our podcasts about Philip Rivers? Yes, about and how, how bad, bad their offensive line and how he has no weapons and stuff like that. My question is, who does he still, who does he throw it to? Because there's nobody that stands out other than Gates. Every week is a different guy. I've, I mean, I've been watching yeah, a lot yeah, of it. I mean, Danny Woodhead, I mean, had a couple touchdowns last week. I mean, yeah, he gets it yeah. to, you know, like Vincent Brown. Keenan Allen's actually coming on a little bit. But it's like, you know, he has Malcolm Floyd. I mean, he went on the D or the IR. IR and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's he has thrown to a bunch of young guys, but... I want to just say this. Mike McCoy yeah, has done a great job. That's exactly right. Yeah. I want to just say Mike McCoy. The guy made Tim Tebow a viable quarterback for about a month. Uh, <laughs> he does he does miracles. And, and Phillip Rivers, we're not just over-exaggerating this. Phillip Rivers, in most standard fantasy formats, is the third <laughs> highest-scoring fantasy quarterback through four weeks. Now, Rodgers is not there because he missed a week because of his bye. But even if you put Rodgers ahead of him, he's in the top. Philip Rivers is in the top five. Oh, I mean, scoring quarterbacks in football after the first month of the season. And, and, and Mike and I are in a league where he wasn't drafted in an eighteen-round draft. Yeah, he went undrafted. And yeah, very bad reputation coming into this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, 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 and that was so he sucked last year. It's terrible. Like, he's a turnover machine, but I mean, this is a league he didn't even get penalized in turnovers, and <laughs> he didn't get drafted, which is yeah. kind of crazy. That's kind of uh, crazy. It's the way it is. Uh, next one, Chiefs defense. Number one <laughs> defense right now in fantasy in probably most formats, depending on your well, score. Well, you know Justify. they were good because they had, what do they, what do they have, like five or six Pro Bowlers last year? Yeah, I was going to say justifying their Pro Bowl bids uh, from last year. I mean, they, they always had a lot of talented together. guys. Yeah, I mean, I, you know who's really turned that team, you know, that that turned that defense around is giving him his Poe in the middle. Yeah, I was just going to. Dantari Poe, because for a while they had a bunch of speed guys. He was criticized quite a bit when he came out. His his motor was terrible. He was fat. He, I mean, well, he's still fat, but, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, got to be fat. <laughs> I mean, but they, they always questioned his motor and stuff like that. And Scott Pioli was, you know, questioned about drafting him so high. 
because of his moat, but you know he's been he's been well, fantastic. I mean he's he's good. I think I, when the, once they got him, they were just a tougher defense. They were no longer the speed defense. They also had a little bit up front to slow the running game down because teams used to gash them inside. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, I, you know, you got two great pass rushers on the outside. You got Tom Bahali, you got Justin Houston. I mean, you still have Tyson Jackson there, who was a high pick, you know, and even though he doesn't really produce high numbers, he's still a good player on the inside. You have Derek Johnson. You got Brandon Flowers. Eric Berry. I mean, center. I mean, in the safety it's center, pretty so. impressive. And then you have Dante Robinson as your nickel back. I mean, that's that's, that's a pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, you can't defense. roll along with them right now. They're very they're a very hot team. I think their offense doesn't hurt their defense. It doesn't yeah, turn the ball over. It doesn't put them in bad positions to score. I mean, I think they'll. I think they'll. Uh, and he got Dexter McCluster returning kicks. Yeah. So if you're in a league that combines your special teams and defense, like a lot of standard leagues do, then that's even more. I think that they'll finish the year clearly in the top five. Of fantasy defenses i'd be shocked if they didn't and for a defense that probably went if you drafted them you drafted them as your second upside defense and now they're a weekly start they're a must start oh yeah i, I mean Absolutely. I, if you don't start them i mean they must be playing the saints or a really high octane off i mean maybe you don't start them against the broncos maybe i don't know i mean in one league that that i'm in tim spent about 40 percent of his uh <laughs> Waiver wire budget to acquire. It's well them, worth so. it because the only other defense I had was the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Ooh, no, yeah, we'll yeah. get to them in a minute. Too. <laughs> now that no, running back who came back and and I had this guy, you know, just I, I was trying to trade him in a dynasty league. I was trying to trade him in the off season and no one wanted him. I mean, he just scored twenty one points for me last night. It was Fred Jackson. Fred I mean, he's thirty two, thirty three year old running back. Talk about the NFL not making sense. Fred Jackson. Point to Fred Jackson. I mean, here we are talking about like. Uh, Cameron, who came out of nowhere, right? But he at least had upside. He had a little bit of buzz on him, and he's a young guy. Kansas City's got a young, talented defense. Here you are, ready to put Fred Jackson in the grave, <laughs> you know? And he's getting all the early down work now. Yeah. You know, he's getting all of the all of the early, the first down, the second down work. He's not coming out at the goal line, which is infuriating to people who own Spiller, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah. But it's just, it's a you know they, it was almost like Buffalo decided, hey. We need a hard-nosed, grinding guy, and Fred Jackson's giving it to us. We need. We had a rookie quarterback. We have a conservative offense at this point, trying to get everybody up to speed. We're going to give it to the guy that gets us three yards every time, and so far it's working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, d- does he do this for the whole season? Because he, you know, he might wear down. I don't know, but I mean, right now, if you have him, I mean, play him. I mean, he's. I mean, I always. He's a, he's I, a, always he's, I think like he's a great him, flex play. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, he's a great story. You know, he didn't play for a while, came out of Co-College, which is, I don't even remember where that is, in the middle of nowhere. And now we're going to get letters a, from Co-College. <laughs> I know, a funny story about him, and, and I also listened to uh, NFL Radio and Gil Brandt, who is like the you know former GM of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. His house was at, where he used to live, was actually the site of one of the, the Cowboys stadium when he was growing up and he had to move out of his house and they built the stadium on his house. <laughs> wow. You think Fred Jackson would have eternal motivation after that? For yeah, I know. It was, it's a crazy story. I don't know. Uh, another one who kind of came out of nowhere, Wayne state, Joyke Bell. Yeah. I mean, Joyke, I think is a product of uh situation more than talent. I mean, he is talented, but uh, you, when you play the lions, you're worried about Joyke Bell about fifth, <laughs> You know, you don't really key in on stopping him. He's what they need because he is the, you know, the Giants for years used to like to 
you know, propagate that they had thunder and lightning and all this garbage. They <laughs> they actually really have it in Detroit. I mean, yeah. they really have. He's the A to, to Bush's, you know, uh, he's the first down, second down carry guy, and Bush is the guy that comes in and just does all the dynamic stuff in the passing game. And, like, he's the peanut butter to Reggie Bush's jelly. Yeah. He's a little bit of the bland weird. stuff. But you know what? You need the bland in the NFL. You need yeah, the hard, I mean, inside-charging bland stuff. And, and to the Lions' credit, they're playing him over Mikel Ashore. Yeah. Who was higher, you know, drafted, and, you know, he's the second-round second pick, I think. And why yeah, they, yeah, sure. second well, round pick. Sure was never the same. He was never the same after his college injury, which was yeah. unfortunate. And, uh, you know, and now he's inactive most days. And smoking a lot of dubs. <laughs> um, next, another first-round pick who um, oh, fell off, and now he's back, and it's no Sean. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I tentatively called this in the preseason where I said, First of all, you don't want any of them, <laughs> if you can help it. Oh, any of the Denver backfield, yeah. But yeah, what's actually right. happening is that uh, not only is experience winning out, which I thought it might early in the season, but these, this isn't really as clear a running back by committee situation as it seems. What's actually happening, if you watch the Denver games, is that Moreno is getting featured heavily early on when the games are in the balance. But since <laughs> Manning and company are able to put the games out of reach so early, the other guys are getting carries, and it appears on paper when it's over you look at the paper and say oh wow ronnie hillman got nine carries and monte ball got 11 carries and and, uh, moreno got 11 carries but that's not the way it was when the game's in doubt the denver broncos right now know who their starting running back is they know who the guy is when they when the game's on the line i mean the other guys can't hold on to goddamn football (laughs) or or pass protection which is huge and you know with paint manning and stuff like that because i mean i think right now there's a clearly defined you know hierarchy if running backs, I mean, it's Marino, it's Hillman, it's Ball, and then it's the other Balls, Ball, which makes two balls at the end of that yeah, rotation. Lance, Lance Balls. But, yeah, I mean, I think I made that joke last podcast, too, but yeah, it's just, still it's, it's done. Funny. I mean, I think Marino might not be a guy who, no, I mean, you know, holds that, that whole role the whole season, but I mean, he, because they might want to force it to the rookie eventually, but I think... Right now, he's a great flex play. You got to you got to keep starting him. He's going to get some of his touchdowns vultured because they like to rotate those guys at the goal line for some inexplicable reason. But <laughs> he's he's worth it. I mean, he's 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 got to be worth far more on your fantasy team than where you drafted him or where you got him off the waiver wire. So he's already way out producing where wherever you got him. Tim, this one's near and dear to your heart. Wide receiver Kembrell Tompkins. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, New England Patriots. I mean, this yeah, guy. He, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't I still, sound I still, I, mean, I, I, I still have mixed feelings on him. I mean, I, I think he's getting a little more comfortable in the offense, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know if he's got small hands or what. But catch the damn ball, man! I mean, come he's on! I mean, he, I mean, well, it no, is. No, but I mean, see, I mean, he's. I bet he's. I mean, last week I mean, he's good. I mean, caught. Two touchdowns. I mean, he's the early winner of the, you know, the race behind Amendola <laughs> spot. Yeah, which, and, and, which there's and really the, nobody, but yeah. And where you drafted him? I mean, he's he's definitely oh, out producing where he's been drafted. Oh, you know what I mean? I believe in what most of our leagues, he's top twenty right now, right? Which is shocking. Right, right like, around he's there, like nineteen yeah. or twenty yeah. in most leagues. Which is a solid wide receiver three play. It could be a two, a two, depending on if you're able to if you're able to call the right week that he goes off. Well, that's the thing you never never know with the Patriots offense. Yeah. And then the last one, this just doesn't make any sense. I mean, this is this is, this is like 
crazy. Eddie Royal has five touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Now he got All most right, hold of on, those. hold on. Eddie Royal has five touchdowns. Not for the season. Not for the entire 2013 season, just for the first month. Insane. I mean, he's 5'11", <laughs> and they're throwing him fade routes and all this stuff in the end zone, and it's it's, it's well, crazy to me. But We were talking about him, and we purposely, I think, maybe left him off the roll call of uh, when we were going down Phillip Rivers' targets. But, uh, you know, it is going to be interesting. Here's a guy that if you have him, the time to sell him was probably last week. Now, I don't mind any Royal. I thought he would be good for them because he was a veteran, and when they had so many injuries to their guys, when Denario, yeah. when Denario Alexander went out for the year again, when Malcolm Floyd went down, they just had nobody with a veteran presence on that team, and you need that uh, at the wide receiver position, especially because he had to teach these guys basically how to how to run routes or whatever. You know, he's at least good for that. Now he's streaky as all hell, <laughs> and he's yeah. and, you know he's got fi- he's got those five touchdowns I believe in the first two games, and he hasn't had one since. So I, you know, the time to sell him is probably done. The time to start him is in every week. A uh, player as a flex is probably done, but you can still probably use him in the right situations if you're desperate. He is getting no, okay weeks, targets. Yeah. He's getting like four targets a game for like 40 yards, but it, I, it's but just a, it's just more a testament to that. I'm just shocked that he did this well already, and and you know no matter what he does from here, he's gravy. So I hope you started him that second week when he had like two touchdowns because he definitely didn't start him the first week. You definitely did not have him start. <laughs> no. Maybe if you're in a fantasy league that has 32 teams, maybe you started him that first week. <laughs> Unless you did, you missed out. Oh, next up, out of our surprises, we're going to get into... The, the guys that are killing us. You're killing me, Whitey. You're killing, You're killing me. me, The, the dark You're side. It's me. just, oh, man. Well, I guess we'll start off with some QBs that are just... Some of them are hurting me. And we should talk about whether we think these guys are coming out of the hole. Yeah, absolutely. Hole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first one, which he really isn't underproducing all that much, but... RG3. He's first, right at about 13th. Couple, first couple weeks he was. Yeah, I know, but he's around 13th. Which... Well, statistically, he actually had better first two games because he was able to throw for 300 yards at garbage time. Well, yeah, garbage, yeah. but I mean, so garbage time, we're not talking about reality here. We're talking about fantasy quarterbacking. So, I mean, he has underproduced, uh, as I said before on previous podcasts. I am a Redskins fan. I did expect them to take a step back this year. I thought they'd go 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. We'd be lucky to get to that at this point. Um but, you know, he's 13th right now. He's hovering around 13th or 14th in, in most leagues, depending on your scoring system, depending on how much they award for t- passing touchdowns, and et cetera. Uh, but he's in, that, he's in that Ryan frame. So he's not a complete bust. And you have to think that he'll get more comfortable and that his points will go up and stuff. So I don't think you have to pull the plug on. He's disappointing right now because you probably drafted him, even with the injury and the discount that we were talking about in, you know, in our draft special and stuff, you probably had to spend a, uh, anywhere between a fourth and a sixth-round pick on the guy, and maybe you're feeling a little burn right now. Uh, just be patient. Be patient, because I think by the end of the year, he'll be in the top eight easily, and then we can talk about him. Going and, and with that, we did advise to get a solid backup. So if I mean, he, it takes time. He's running around with like, – I heard it described by somebody uh, – <laughs> somebody somewhere that, you know, he's running around with basically a small piece of uh, scaffolding on his leg right now. So he's going to have to <laughs> learn how to how to navigate that thing and, and how that works. And, you know, a part of it is also their offensive line is horrible. It was bad last year, but he was able to mask it because he was faster, and it's still bad. So uh, Another one close to your heart, Tim, Tom Brady. Not yes. Just doesn't have the, the weapons, you know, because of the injury, and he's What's just he not throwing the ball as much. Man? He he's not. I mean, he's. It's been better. 
I think uh, I think last week he proved that it's a lot better. He's getting a little more consistency with the young receivers. I mean, they anytime they brought in young receivers, even when it was Dion Branch and um, David Gibbons back in the day, I mean, he still had to get used to them. It's just anytime he had new receivers, even when he had Rache Caldwell as the you know leading receiver, those were the days. Vincent um, Ultimate Brisby. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know he'll get there. And it's you know I Gronk think, will be coming back too, so I, I wouldn't you know if you if if you can buy him low, I would because I th- I think he's a, yeah I mean and, he's, and a buy he's low getting now, the, and not that much because he is still Tom Brady, but you're getting he's getting his weapons back. So if you are going to make a play for him, I would do it now before he gets oh, Gronk yeah. back, before he gets Amendola back, before he gets Vereen back. I but, mean, we, we are I, talking about, like, this is, like, you know, going to be the fifth game coming up uh, in a couple of days here, depending on this podcast, will probably get released after it. But Amendola has a decent shot to be back this weekend, no? So yeah. if he comes if he comes back, you're talking about the, the, the guy who was projected to be their leading wide receiver. So he's going to get his leading wide receiver back. He's going to get Gronk back sometime in the next two or three weeks. He'll be fine. He's another one. He'll he'll be fine. He's yeah. I would never. He's I a product. Wouldn't. It has nothing to do with him. <laughs> the problem is nothing fantasy wise is nothing to do with. Uh, I mean, the Patriots should have. We all should have such problems with our NFL teams that you're you know you're leading your division and your quarterbacks having a, a yeah. problems. Yeah, four and zero. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And that in, <laughs> and having nothing wrong with him leads up to the next one. Russell Wilson. Ugh. Nothing wrong with Russell Wilson. Let me tell you, his line. Is where his problem is. I mean, no Russell Okun pro bowler. Unger out, center pro bowler. Right tackle, Giacomini out. I mean, this they gigantic have a... gigantic giraffe neck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's, yeah. I mean, let's remember this, too, that Russell Wilson, probably depending on where you, you're, you're, you were drafting or what your draft strategy was, he was probably your wait-and-see quarterback. You know, he was probably your guy that was like, I can wait because my quarterbacks are, you know, the depth in this league is good. So it's not like you probably spent a very top pick in your fantasy drafts on Russell Wilson. So you can't be that disappointed. I mean, again, like Ron said, it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson, but his fantasy upside is... Right now, yeah, I kind mean, kind of limited depending. Right on now, he's you don't start him. I mean, I don't think you start him until you know they they start solidifying the line again, and you know, and Percy Harvin's coming back, so that should help. I mean, I have him in one but, league, and I I benched him recently for Jay Cutler because yeah, oh yeah, it's just situational. You know, you can like a player, and they just don't translate into stats. And I'm sure the Seahawks would take the reality of what's going on over Russell Wilson throwing for 300 yards every week. They're fine with the way that things are working out. So there are some problems there. But it's nothing Russell Wilson can do to to fix those problems. No. Um. Next one. I mean, another one. Uh, sort of the same thing. But yeah, Colin Kaepernick. I mean, you know, he did have you know a rough game against Seattle, but I mean, he really doesn't have the weapons. You know what I mean? And I was worried about this going into the season that he could actually be a better quarterback in reality, but have a poor fantasy season just because he doesn't have the weapons. You know, not having Crabtree is huge. You know, not having Manningham is a big deal, you know. Yeah. Kyle Williams isn't a great receiver. I mean, he lost uh, Vern. I mean, they didn't have Vern Davis for a game, and Davis is still slow coming back, and he's a big part of that team. And, and you know, I guess this is a good point since we've talked about three of them now, RG3, Russell Wilson, and Colin Kaepernick. This whole idea that the read option is already dead in the NFL and teams have figured it out and it's not fantasy worthy anymore – uh, we're we're a little we're a little jumping the gun on that as the general media likes to do is kind of lump things together. 
it's these are very individual and specific cases. Russell Wilson has a, has an offensive line problem. Robert Griffin is less than a year removed from from ACL yeah. reconstruction. Uh, Kaepernick had no wide re- like he has no weapons. So uh, you can run all the read option you want, but teams will not buy it with players that have specific you know issues. Like they're not going to buy it with Robert Griffin because he can't. He's not full speed yet. Once he turns a corner on somebody and shows him up, then they'll have to think about it. Kaepernick, they're not going to buy it because who's he going deep to? If the, you know, who's yeah. he throwing the ball to? Russell Wilson doesn't have time to run the read option. No, and, and you know, in the read option, I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't, it's not like college where it was the basis of the offense. They, it was sprinkled in throughout all their offenses. You know, when they needed a big play, they'd run it. You know, they'd do some of the uh, play pass off of it. But it wasn't the central focus of the offense. And, and the funny thing is all three of these quarterbacks came from run centric offenses. And that's, yep. that's really where their bread is buttered on all three of them. So, and the good thing is they all have great running games. Yeah. And <clears> that's I think why, that saves you know, them. Yeah, it does. Uh, next one. Uh, another one. Oh my Maybe God. No saving this guy. Oh man. Yeah. Eli, Eli, yeah. buddy. I feel bad for it, you. <laughs> you know what the fun, Yikes. you know what the funny thing is? A lot of these guys on our, on our list is, Offensive line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just I mean, lost that, Chris. I mean, God, I mean, you got RG3. You got Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, uh, Kaepernick and Brady, all right. But but Eli Manning. Wow. I did. They just, yeah, I think Eli they just is, put Chris Snee on IR, too. Yeah, they did. They did just today. And the thing about Eli, which is crazy to me, is that no other quarterback I can think of would get, you know, possibly his brother, maybe. Possibly Brady would get the kind of leash that this guy has where everybody's afraid his teammates aren't afraid to do it, but his coach is his coach is afraid to call him out for making some terrible dis- I remember one pick in the first game, he has turnoveritis. And if you're in a league that you drafted this guy and you get penalized for turnovers, he's probably been on your bench for a good two or three weeks. But that but they uh I think it was the game against the Broncos at the end of the half. Uh, they were they were driving and and they just needed Eli. He's a veteran quarterback, obviously. They just needed him and he runs a two minute drill drill great usually. Uh, he's getting pressured. He does that Eli fadeaway thing and he throws the ball into the end zone. Nobody's there but the Denver defense picks the ball off. I'm thinking the play looks so bad. I'm thinking the guy ran the wrong route. You know something happened. Uh, you know he, he there was a misconnect or something. And what really ended up throw. happening is they yeah what really ended up happening is they it's asked really him bad. after the game. What happened? He's like, oh, I was trying to throw the ball through the end zone, and I just didn't get enough on it. What? No. What? It looked yeah, like, it looked, a, I mean, if you clearly look at that play, and you look at over and over, I mean, he, he clearly threw problem. it right to him. Yeah. And I, and this isn't, this isn't to say that Eli, like you said, it's, it's a lot of offensive line problems for them right now. Uh, and they can't run the ball. You know, Nick's doesn't look like he's back from his injuries. And I mean, they're just they're, I mean, they're a mess right now, and I'm not saying that Eli Manning is not going to be fantasy starter worthy at some point because I think at some point they'll adapt and they'll figure this out, and he'll be able to use those garbage time moments. He couldn't figure out how to use the garbage time against Kansas City or Carolina, but I think at some point he's a great he play if one. you don't get penalized for interceptions, for turnovers, yeah, <laughs> or fumbles, or I'm in a league with Ron. We have each have two separate teams in this league where you get penalized for sacks. So you can't oh you God. can't be in a league where a quarterback gets penalized for sacks and have Eli Manning. And you know what? That's a great transition into Big Ben, oh. Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I have him in this two quarterback league, and he's my second quarterback. And you get penalized for sacks and interceptions, and 
it, it, it's, it, it's, it's brutal. Ben is a mirror image. I feel so bad he, for the guy. He's a mirror image of Eli Manning, except that he has balls and Eli doesn't have balls. Uh, he's not afraid to take a hit. The Spoken problem, like a true Redskins well, fan. I mean, he's, not a, he's, not, he's not afraid to take a hit and hang in there, unlike Eli. But the but problem is for, that... I mean, he's running for his life. Yeah. I mean, his offensive well, the problem line is, is terrible. They have no offensive line. I mean, I mean was, they just traded for Levi Brown. <laughs> Game yeah, changer. You, <laughs> I mean, that's all you need to know. Yeah, if you're if you're trading for Levi Brown, you have some serious O line problems. Yeah, I mean, well, Mike Adams, you know, he he wasn't a left tackle, and they tried to play him there, and you know, it's. But I mean, the rest of their line isn't playing well. I mean, not having Pouncey, um, Pouncey in the set, you know, as, as set, set, and right, I hate certain Todd too, Haley, by the way. Just putting it out there, and I think yeah. Big Ben does too. And I you're think, not the only one. I can't. Yeah, There's I a think, lot of Steelers I, fans that he's agree. just. I think he's a dick. He just <laughs> looks like well, he just looks looks like one of those guys. He just. And, and the thing is too with 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 Big Ben is I don't think you know odds are you probably didn't draft him as your starter in a 12 team league, so he's probably a backup. You don't need to cut him unless you you know unless you have a a great option on the waiver wire, but you definitely don't need to start Ben until something happens if he has a very favorable matchup or if you have a buy for your starter or something. So the impact is kind of minimal probably on your fantasy team, I mean, if but he, he is having a disappointing I, season. I mean, if Steelers are playing a team that has a poor defense. Like the Jaguars? Yeah, or, you know, or, you know, one of the, some of the lower-level teams, you know, I Red think he might, he might be worth a play, you know what I mean? But I, I think overall, yeah, you kind of have to, you know, reserve him and keep him, keep him on the bench. And the last one, poor Josh Freeman. I mean, I, I wouldn't say this qualifies as a surprise. I'm surprised he got cut. Yeah, well, that's... But, I'm not, not but I'm not surprised that he didn't produce fancy numbers. I think, actually, in one of our podcasts about the draft, and we were talking about tiers, strategies for tiers, I think you mentioned Josh Freeman as your example to where that if you got stuck with Josh Freeman you'd be in trouble. as your starting quarterback, you'd be in trouble. Well, you had no idea how right you are. <laughs> because Craig Shiano must listen to the art of score because... Uh, Josh Freeman. I don't know there's a, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. Yeah, Josh didn't play well, and yeah, he. Had, he had, I I kind of think some of this is Shiano. Uh, it's a making mess. an example out of somebody and and trying to pull rain over his team. And they leaked a lot of stuff about his drug rehab that that couldn't have come anywhere but from the team. He why would he release it? Yeah, Josh yeah. Freeman's not releasing <laughs> well, it. Why would two, he do it? You only have two. You know, so sense. there's a lot. There's a there's a weird that, that relationship was strained, and then. And then Shiano took a match to it and lit it. Yeah, well, yeah, his, well it. I mean, well, his poor play and his forty-five percent completion percentage didn't help it either. So. Doesn't help. I'm not saying I don't. He's a I, great don't I don't put it all on Shiano either. But I think I, he's. I, mean, I think he's getting railroaded though. I think. I think he got railroaded out of town. I. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't I'm not saying but, he's pl- he played well, but certain guys in the league get much longer. Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> either way, they get much longer leashes on life than. Yeah, no, I mean Shiano and Mark Dominic, the GM are going to warm up their resumes because they're both getting fired. I mean, that's a mess. It's embarrassing. And if they both have their jobs by the end of the year, it'd, be, it'd surprise the heck out of me. Now, what I this don't. does do potentially, though, is it does affect fantasy owner. I mean, you didn't draft Josh Friedman to start for you. I hope you didn't draft Josh Friedman to start for you. But <laughs> you might be a Doug Martin owner. Or you might be Vincent Jackson. Vincent Jackson owner. Yeah. Or a Mike, you know, Mike Williams owner. So... I don't see a measurable difference between Mike Lennon and Josh Freeman right now in the sense that I think they game plan the same way. Now, the performance, who knows? I don't know that Mike Lennon's going to be worse than Josh Freeman. He probably you will can't be imagine it would be worse. Experience. Well, I mean, Josh Freeman did have one season where he put it together. Last year he had a good <laughs> He threw for 4,000 yards last year. He threw yeah. for 4,000 yards and 20-something touchdowns. I mean, it was last year. I mean... 
I think I, I, I think there's I a think lot going on in Tampa Bay. Potential to be a, a viable quarterback, by no means a starter, but uh, I, I just think don't he know be what a starter. I just don't think he's 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 not going to ever win you a Super Bowl. But for but fantasy purposes, it's games. it's more important to talk about whether you think. I mean, you can't sell your Tampa Bay guys right now. Vincent Jackson is going to be at his lowest sell, selling point of all the season. So wait until he has a couple of good games if you're interested in moving him. Don't sell him now. Uh, same thing is true with Doug Martin. You can't really sell Doug Martin because of how valuable he probably was to your fantasy team. He's probably a first-round draft pick. Uh, Unless you have insane yet. depth at running back and you can't afford to trade him. But. Yeah. I wouldn't oh, panic yet. I mean, sucks. Doug Martin only had one touchdown coming into this anyways, so he has nowhere to go it up from a scoring perspective, even if Mike Glennon is at the helm. Oh, a couple more running backs. Uh, one, actually, three of them, and they're all kind of disappointing. And I'm just gonna. Lump I hate them, them all. I hate them all. <laughs> I'm gonna lump them all together. Uh, Ray Rice, C.J. Spiller, and Stephen Ridley. Holy <sighs> shit! Oh, man. <laughs> now, oh. I just want to. And s- and one more, Mark Ingram. I just want to well, say two you know, things. Well, you know, I just Mark, I mean, Ingram. Mark Ingram. You didn't expect oh. anything out of him. Yeah, I mean, right. you had Correct. big things from his kind of his rookie year, and then after that, yeah. it's just he's the kind expectations of aren't the, the same with Mark Ingram. Yeah. No, but you still, I mean, he, he has it's produced nothing. Ah, oh, he's produced nothing. I mean, you draft him maybe in the tenth round, and you've gotten nothing yeah, out of him whatsoever. Yeah, he's not even a flex play. But let's talk about let's talk about Ray Rice. <laughs> let's talk about C.J. Spiller, and let's talk about Stephen Ridley because these are these are guys that were likely drafted first round. First round, in Ridley's yep. case, maybe maybe he lasts to the third <laughs> round. Uh, it is it is, I mean, and they're all for slightly different reasons. Ray Rice, which I tried to, I was lower on Ray Rice at the beginning of the year than a lot of people. I felt he was slowing down. He looked like he was slowing down. Yeah, he absolutely. had he had Pierce as a threat. Uh, Pierce's threat hasn't really materialized, but you can. God, now he's banged up. It's we've played four games and Ray Rice is banged up. <laughs> it's like yeah, I mean that that'll. I think even when they're both health, I mean when Rice is health, that's going to be a fifty-fifty share of the rest. Of the I don't season. think you know you're going to get burned. I, I hate yeah. to say this, you can't sell him. Uh, more than likely because you built your team around him being your RB one. So unless you get crazy value back, you can't give up on him. But. Uh, it's not looking good for Ray Rice owners, and I don't expect. I mean, a lot of some of that has to do with the fact that their offense doesn't have balance as well, and you know. But man, Ray Rice is a very old. What is he? Twenty seven or twenty eight? He's a he's a very old man. He seems you know, maybe I, not. I, I mean, maybe it's just injuries. But I mean, he's, yeah. He's I'd like to lump somebody else in with Ray Rice, and that would be Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah, he's the other one that that is kind of on that, which oh, we yeah. also kind of worried about. I mean, similar similar situation. Although the offense that he's on, he's asked to do a lot more because they they're a lot worse because they don't have anything. But <laughs> at the, but at the same time, man, you know, even even when they had bad offense last year or two years ago, he was still. I mean, he still put up you know over a thousand yards. I mean, but again, I I think of, teams that that drafted him drafted him as an RB two. So the disappointment is not quite as severe as a Spiller, no. for example, who's but I mean Spiller, we thought we we thought Spiller would be the second overall pick in many drafts. We almost picked him, you know, we yeah. had the second pick in our when, you know, Mike and I are in together and shoot, we ended up going for or we had the third pick and we ended up going for Jamal Charles because see, Spiller uh, was I, the second pick. See, I wasn't big on on Spiller because I don't know. Well, I, would I, say, I, I had that thing about about Fred Jackson. I still well, thought Fred Jackson was still about, viable, even though he was coming off that broken leg. I still I still think, thought he was a, he was a threat, and that's why Spiller's um, numbers were a little inflated because Fred Jackson went down. 
So I wasn't well, I wasn't as high as on Spiller as everyone else was, but see what worried me about Spiller was the rookie quarterback. That's what really worried me about him more, just because they would line up and you know try to stuff the run, which really didn't happen. But he's still he's I having mean, issues I, for a different reason. Right. Well, yeah. I would I would say this. I would say two he things. He did have about that awesome situation. touchdown run. Yes, last night. I, I would say this 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 about that situation. Two things. One. The Bills flat out did a did almost a 180 and about face on their uh, philosophy in the course of the first two games of the season because they spent the whole preseason talking about how they were going to run C.J. Spiller into the ground. That was yeah. part of the reason his dynasty value, I mean his uh, fantasy value, was inflated. Now the problem with that is that I don't care if you have to change your philosophy to win football games. That's what the NFL is about, and that you know it doesn't really affect them if they screw fantasy owners over. But you have to remember that, like, the, the Fred Jackson impact wasn't supposed to be there. They publicly stated that it wasn't going to be there. But then on top of this, I think Fred uh, – I'm sorry. I think C.J. Spiller has the best chance out of Ray Rice, Ridley, and Maurice Jones-Drew, guys who you might have drafted as your first or second running backs, to turn this around. Because yeah. he, as you saw last night, he only got eight carries. He took one of them 54 yards to the house. And the thing is, he, he gets – he was nicked up. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's up. the other thing. I so mean, no, clearly, when, when, when he was running that touchdown, he didn't look as fast as he usually did. No, no, he didn't have but, that, that, that high top end speed. But to me, he has a better future ahead of him in 2013 than Ray Rice. And you built your team around both of these guys, so you have to hope that that's what happens. Do and not he, fear CJ Spiller. You will, you'll be okay with CJ Spiller. Keep starting him. Keep the faith. You'll be fine with him. The other guys, Stephen Ridley, yikes! I mean, oh, oh holy Lord. shit, bag. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> where did he go? I mean, part. Part of this is a, is a philosophy thing with New England where they're just going to rotate guys, which, which hurts him, admittedly. And he is running harder this last week than I saw him, you know, for, for the two or three weeks to open the season. But my fucking God, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what does he have, 174 yards for the season? Yeah, he had, he had 49 80, carries. He had uh, 80, 80 combined yards last week or something, and that was by far fumbles. the best game of the season. Yeah, the, well, uh, he has the fumbles. I mean, the what? And he's in a crowded backfield, which makes it worse. So, like, he's not the only game in town. Like, Doug Martin fumbles a couple times. They have no one to turn to. They're not going to give the ball to Mike James 20 times. But in New England, you got a whole slew of backs behind him who are more than capable. And, you know. Now, get, he would have lost get, a job opening week if Shane Vereen hadn't broken his hand. By the way, Shane Vereen breaks his hand on with the first carry that he gets, still goes over 150 yards all purpose, and then you put him on the bench? Just tape that shit up and put him back in the game. <laughs> So Stephen Ridley, every, every the, the one thing about Stephen Ridley, every time I watch him, now I, I like him as a running back, as a Patriots fan, obviously, but every time I watch him, that ball I feel is just gonna like pop out, just the way <laughs> well, he holds that ball. I mean, it's just oh it, yeah, it, it's terrible. You, well, it's, you it's are a... because you expect so much because he is it's a fantastic runner. And he does, and when he hits that hole, he hits it hard, and you know he has the potential to break away. But hold on to that ball, Stephen. Good lord. Well, then you get the guys that are like, you know, then you get to the point where they're too preoccupied with it and they're holding it and that's slowing, actually slowing them down. Now, yeah. it's not like Ridley has top end speed, but he can't afford to be any slower than he already is. No, I mean, you can't hold, hold the ball unnaturally, you know what I mean? And, and for some people, you know, because there's a couple yeah, but don't of fly techniques it a little to use. around like it's a. No, you have to keep it against your body. If you're not keeping it against your body, you know, you're just asking. Here's the bottom line. I hate to break it to Ridley owners in 2013, but this guy is not a weekly start anymore. You have to play matchups and maybe if he Especially gets now because since he's games, out for this week, week five. Yeah, he's hurt. And, I, you know. You know, if you bought LeGarrette Blunt a couple weeks ago, 
Starting this week. Yeah. Definitely. Another one that we didn't have on here that Mike just touched on was David Wilson. <laughs> and, you know, the, 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 good, the good thing with him is there's no one to take his job right now. Yeah, so not. you can roll with him. And if you don't get penalized for fumbles, you know, you know, he'll get you eight points. Here's the thing. And this is what makes the NFL. As a flex play. It's you have been makes, warned. Yeah. What makes the NFL bizarre is that David Wilson actually, I think, has a better chance of coming out of it than Ray Rice because – David Wilson is healthy. David Wilson has no competition, as Ron just alluded to. And the Giants seem hell-bent on restoring this kid's uh, confidence and his ability to play. Now, he's had... Tiki Barber, (laughs) 2.0. Yeah. Well, he's had a couple of... uh, You know, he's had a couple big runs, including a touchdown run, get called back over penalties that have, uh, you know, in the past couple games that have kind of, like, obscured his stat sheet a little bit. If you own David Wilson... You're not starting him every week currently, but there will be a time. He might be, this... a, he might be a flex play. I think he's a flex play. Yeah, I bet there, there will be a I, I think he's I a predict. bye week fill-in. Yeah, bye week fill-in. I think I think there will be a time this season that you end up starting him a couple games in a row because I do think the Giants won't give up on him. Because, look, the Giants at one point, their season's going to be officially over, and they have nothing to lose but to see if David Wilson is the guy. Well, so yeah, he's going to get the audition time the rest of the year. And anyways. he's a first-round pick, so he's going to get – you know, everybody always gets the extra time if you're a high pick. You know, that's unless you're Mark Ingram. So hold, hold. Unlike David Wilson, hold on to that spot for him, and he'll be fine. Um, two wide receivers that have disappointed so far, and I <laughs> saw it coming for most of them was uh, Hakeem the Dream Knicks and uh, Mike Wallace in ha- Miami. Hakeem, like, I, I didn't understand the fit with Mike Wallace in Miami to begin with, but. You know, I, they're not well, throwing I the ball. I, I can't. Well, deep threat, but, if, but they're not throwing a deep take ball. The roof off, yeah. yeah, well, that's great. But you know what? Tannehill hit him in the chest the other day on a, on a 50-yard bomb, and he dropped it. So I, I, I get you, it. I mean, you I, would, I, too. <laughs> well, you're probably surprised that Tannehill was able to get the ball that far down the field. <laughs> I, because that's not what they do. You were right about the mismatch in terms of like the philosophies. I think... With Mike Wallace, it just takes time, unfortunately. I don't think you can just plug him in and expect him to go. Now, when he got pissed off that they didn't use him in week one, he had a monster week two, and I called that one coming a thousand miles away because you can't piss this guy off that early in his career there. I think it's going to take time, unfortunately. And I, he's not a weekly start if you have somebody stable. He's like Deshaun Jackson used to be. You can't yeah. You can't think that he's going to get production every week. You have to kind of live with the fact that like maybe he's, he's going to be up get, and down. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's – Kind of how you have to do it. I know, he's been pretty consistent over two games now. He had that one monster oh. game. He had. I mean, yeah, I, don't, but, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. But I think there's another monster game coming. Is what I'm saying. I think he's gonna have another big one before the end of the year. You just gotta try to figure out what that's gonna be. I think he'll. I think he'll. I'm not as down as on Mike Wallace, and that's not just because I own him. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who but, I'm not high on. It's Akeem Nix. Yeah. Well, Nix. I think. Uh, you know, we mentioned this in the preseason that we were like, oh, everybody's worried about Victor Cruz's foot injury. And, and I said at the time, I said, look, you know what worries me? Hakeem Nix is supposedly healthy, and he looks like he's limping around out there. And that has not changed. He still looks slow and hurt whenever he's running around out there. Yeah, and, and you know, his one, you know, he has the big catch radius and the big hands, and he can jump high. And they don't use him in the red zone either. Who cares? So, he's hurt all the time. That doesn't matter if he's hurt. I mean, just, I you, mean can't, he, you can't count on him. He's ranked 59. Also, I don't want to say so. this about, in most leagues. I don't want to say this about a player because it's tough to tell, but uh, he's on his contract year and does not started well for him. And the Giants team is a mess right now. I don't know how much his heart is in really 
getting better this season because he's probably already checked out a hotel in New York. So that's that's a possibility. But you know, because he is playing for a contract, you would think that he would want to continue. And you know, he may just see the tire fire that is the offense right now and be like, "Look, I." I don't know what can I do. I mean, he has he's had some concentration. That's what makes me think he's had some concentration lapses. He dropped a couple passes last week. But, you know. Oh, talk about two tight ends. <laughs> Zach Sudfeld, <laughs> New England Pay. Oh no, he just got released. <laughs> and um, Fred Davis, tight end Redskins, who has a whopping two points in most. Now these guys are interesting us. because these guys are both. Uh, the same type of player in the sense that they're not the same type of NFL player, but from a fantasy perspective, you took them in your draft hoping to get like a little bit of a sleeper with some upside. Yeah, you figured they're a tight yeah, end too, but maybe, maybe, maybe well, you know, you catch a little, you know, you catch lightning in a bottle. I thought they Fred can Davis, start him once it was a, while. a contract year. I thought Fred Davis could crack the top 10 at the position. I thought Sudfeld was I thought a little Sudfeld. overrated. But. I thought he was overrated, but. At the same time, you look at the, the tight end situation in New England, and he had such a great preseason that you're like, you you, you kind of hang your hopes on it. I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you looked you at potential and opportunity, and you thought that it would well, line thought, up. I mean, the hype hasn't. coming out of the Patriots camp was that you could just plug about just about anybody into the moves tight end spot, and that he would be murderer 2.0, Aaron Hernandez 2.0. But the reality is that you know they had some problems with him. He had the fumbles early, right? I mean, that was a bad thing. Mm. And Drops, he seemed to dude. play. He seemed to play. He seemed to have good hands. And then, yeah, like Tim said, he was suddenly at drops, and he seemed to run. Seemed to be a little stiff. And and they used them, well, they used him a lot in blocking too, which I I, I was kind of surprised about. Maybe that's why he's cut too, because he's not a very good blocker. I think that that part of the game takes time to learn how to well, block. Well, you guys, give it to him. and you got to get the NFL physique. I mean, you need you, you really have to build yourself up to be a good blocking tight end in the league. Most guys don't come in and. No, so hopefully when you drafted him, you thought that maybe when Gronkowski came back, his fantasy impact would be lessened and you would have drafted a tight end that you could actually lean on because, as Ron just said, he got he got released uh, today. today. Yeah. Uh, now he's on the this Jets. Is before, this is before week four, and now he's got picked up by the Jets. And So he's behind the decrepit Kellen Winslow. So he, he still might be somewhat viable. I think, I think his NFL career, if it – Comes a career, it's going to take two or three years. I don't think. Yeah, gonna, I, mean, I don't think you're going to see him as a factor in 2013. Nah, I mean, even in a dynasty league, eh. you can cut him right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And not feel bad about it. Yeah. And you could probably do the same thing to Fred Davis, even though he's see Fred Davis is another one like Hakeem Nicks. He's in a contract year. He should have had a big year. Now he is coming off an injury, which is, you know, he was coming into the season coming off an ACL. Now he's coming on an ankle injury, but. The, the reality of the situation is that he was benched, uh, I believe, in week three because he did not run the correct patterns, which is baffling to me considering the guy has been with the team. For you know, and it's slightly essential for a receiver to uh, run the right route once in a while. So, I was really disappointed in Fred because I really do think Fred has the physical tools to be a, a top tight end in the league, and maybe in his next stop he will. But what happens is – that, you know, we just talked about maybe my theory that maybe Knicks is mentally checked out in New York right now because times are tough and you don't want to fight through it with a team you may not be there with. Fred Davis has the opposite problem. The team knows that he's on the last year of his deal. They're dissatisfied with what they've seen so far. They drafted this kid, Jordan Reed, out of Florida, who they, they kind of want to see what they have, and they're falling out of it. And as this Redskins fall out of it, they're not going to give audition time to a guy that they may have already made their decision on Fred Davis Absolutely. is going to see less and less playing time. So what I would do 
if I own Fred Davis uh, and there were no better options on the waiver wire, is to hold him as long as you can and have, hope he has a couple of big games and then trade him to somebody has a bye week problem. <laughs> because I don't even know if he's going to get those big games. I, I don't know what is. It's a very sad story for him personally because I think he's top 10 talent, but he just. I don't know. It's a mental thing with him, I think, which is the worst thing to have because you can't fix it. <laughs> Most of the time, you can't. Some disappointing defenses. Going to run through God, four of them quick. You got the 49ers, 14, 16th in most leagues. You got the Broncos, 14th in most leagues. The Steelers, oh my God, 27th in most leagues. And then the Rams, 29th. And when I always say most leagues, we mean most leagues that we play in. We, we acknowledge it. See, the thing about defensive scoring is league to league, your individual league scoring system could be all over the place. But these are teams that are not playing well, particularly well in real life right now, not generating a lot of turnovers, not generating a lot of pass rush. Uh, you know, and, and so while... And where you expected them, right. where you drafted them. Where you drafted them, they're just not, they're just not performing up to, up to stuff unless you get, like, points for tackles or something. I mean, 49ers are a little beat up. Not having Alden Smith is massive, you know. I mean, that's... The guy had 20 sacks last year. You know? I, tried I, mean, to, I tried to warn a couple people about this. Uh, I didn't think they'd be... They'd, they'd have the injuries, and I didn't think they'd fall that far. But, you know, the Niners' defense sort of living on reputation for the better part of a half a season now because... What's happened with them is that they, they actually, if you go back and look, they've given up 24 points or more in something like nine of the last ten games they've played. Well, I mean, and the thing about them is they don't blitz. I mean, they, they blitz the least out of any team. So if they can't get there with four, their corners aren't very good. I mean, nobody saw the Alden Smith debacle. No, I mean, not. But, but you had to figure, you were a little you were a little optimistic with Justin uh, Justin Smith coming back and you know, this year, but, but what's happened to them is that teams have realized that, Hey, we can throw the ball on this team. Yeah. They are can. still going to be tough against the run. They can be tough against the run all they want. We know what we'll do. We'll do it the opposite way. We'll set the pass up and then we'll run later on them. And you know, in, in one of the craziest games is they got beat up by the Colts yeah. in that game. The Colts kicked the crap out of them. Yeah. I mean, they were just more <laughs> physical. And Ahmad Bradshaw, it. who may not play another NFL down this year, by the way, if you owe Ahmad Bradshaw, sell Forever. that guy as soon as you can. <laughs> yeah. But, it's just, it's just bad. It's, it's, uh, it's a little disappointing, especially there were too many questions for me to take them number one fantasy defense yeah, or, or number agree. two or number two fantasy defense, and many people did that. So yeah, hopefully I mean, you weren't one of them. Next one, Broncos, and you know they're 14th in most formats, which isn't terrible, and but but they were a lot better than your first defense. So. Yeah, and I, which I thought was high, especially with Von Miller being out. I mean, with as Von Miller comes back after the uh, week uh, six. You'll have, you know, him and Sean Phillips on either side and rushing the passer. And I think you'll actually get more points out of him. But right now, they really haven't. The Broncos are also, I think, a better, uh, will be a better defense because. And they'll give up the garbage time points right, right. now, which hurts them, you know, in terms of. They're a better of, real life defense, I was going to say. When the yeah. game is on the line, the Denver Broncos defense doesn't really bend. But, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to ask a defense when you're, when you're up by 25 points and playing like you know, super prevent defense. It's tough to have them focus for the whole 60 minutes of the game. But I think with Denver, they're a spot start right now. Yeah. The yeah, Niners, yeah. you have to play every week, I think, and hope that they come out of it. Unless you picked up someone like, you know, a, a team like Carolina or, you know, Cleveland where you could kind of spot, you yeah. know. And, and, and but you have to be very matches. careful on that because the Niners are consistent at least. They're, they may not be what you want them to be, but they're a little bit more consistent than. Yeah. But it's certain. I'm talking more matchup wise. Um, Two teams that are doing terrible that I thought, I mean, Steelers, I, I didn't think they'd be top 10. I thought they'd probably be right on the outside. 
They're right now they're twenty seventh in our scoring format. Well, this is freaking one of those horrible. Where... I own them in a well, league. God, they're yeah. so. Oh my god. I, oh, I dropped. I dropped him. I mean, I had him in two leagues and I dropped them both. I think you know this is. Uh, I'm so holding on hope. Where, not not to take responsibility away from them, but I mean, what can you do with that offense the way it is right now? The, the, their offense puts them in so many bad situations that like. Yeah, and they, you know. Well, they have a lot honestly, of injuries they, though. They look too. I mean, they look old. I mean, they look old out there. I mean, Trey I do Palomaro have to say, Palomaro, making the no. plays. He looks a lot better than he did last year. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, he does. He and, looked you know, old they're... and slow last year. God. Yeah. He well, looks he a lot better. But... Up and, you I mean, know, Lamar did... Woodley doesn't look, you know, isn't the, the, well, the presence I mean, off that, the edge. Yeah. <clears throat> but do they, do they have a turnover help. yet this season? They've been unstru- extraordinarily unlucky with generating turnovers, which is the other problem with the fantasy defense. In fact, last week against <laughs> – this is funny. I don't know if they got one in that game because I didn't finish watching it because it was a torture fest. When they played uh, – Minnesota and London, they had not had a turnover yet, and somewhere in like the second quarter or something, <laughs> Minnesota fumbled the ball. It went forward. The guy tried to pick it up. It went through. <laughs> it oh, went yeah, through him. Three that. more guys slid on the field. It went through them. Four more guys. The ball ended up going ten yards down the field and being picked up by a Minnesota player. That's the kind of luck that the Pittsburgh fantasy defense is having. On top of being a little slower, on top of their offense being terrible. So it, it's. It's not a good situation for, you, for Pittsburgh. Which is nice. I don't, I don't see them coming out of it this year. They're probably droppable this season. They probably do have good things ahead. I love Shamarco Thomas. <laughs> but I, I, they're not this year, man. You can, you can get rid of Pittsburgh, even based on a matchup. I mean, who would you match them up with? At the no, there's, there's no reason to. There's, uh, there's better guys on your Jaguars. waiver. There's better teams on. Oh, maybe not them. <laughs> if they played the Jaguars 16 times a year, Tim, maybe they'd be. Hard. No, <laughs> I'm but there's. Just a, saying, I mean, I mean, that's the only matchup that I would. I would there's truly... some options on your waiver wire. You know, if the Jets aren't picked up, if Cleveland's not picked up, if Carolina's not picked up, any of those guys would be significant. I would take, I would take the Buffalo Bills over. The I would take the Arizona right Cardinals over it too. I mean, and then the last one is is on the defenses, and to wrap up the section. Is the Rams, you know, with that front four, I thought they were just going to, you know, tear some teams up, and they've looked awful. I mean, I mean they're bad on offense. Know, they're bad on their, defense. Even their front seven. I mean, their linebackers are pretty good. But, yeah, they, they've been they've been kind of they had a, They've had some moments. Like, Robert Quinn has been balling this year. Yeah, yeah, Robert Quinn's a stud. But, uh, but, but yeah, overall, they just – and part of it is also the Steelers' problem, which is the offense puts them in terrible positions because the offense is terrible right now. Yeah, but you know, you, you you figure with Quinn and and Brockers and and Chris Long out there, you know, I mean, that's formidable, and they're just not generating the pass rush. And I don't know if maybe the Rams read their own press hype this season or, when they were when they were supposed to be the next you know young team to come out and really move up in the wild card chase and everything, but something's off there. Some some message is not getting across to that team yeah. on defense. Now on offense, it's a problem with talent. Cortland and, Finnegan looks slow. I mean, he, he doesn't. I mean, he's very feisty and everything, but he does. He looks like he's losing it out there on the edge. I'm losing it looking at the Rams play. <laughs> Period. Now, here's what you could say about the Rams: if you own them now, now is not the week to cut them. They're playing Jacksonville this week. So, so in fact, I put them, picked them up in a couple of my leagues just for in that. In fact, you'll probably did, hear yes. And I did the same thing with the Colts last week, and I got 24 points. So there you go. So well, I think- for all you fantasy people. I live in Jacksonville. I've watched the Jaguars. At least I've watched like quarters of it because I can't just can't stomach it. Um, I would pick up any any defense that goes against the Jaguars without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably uh, hear I, this I mean, podcast too late for that to help. But yes, <laughs> like no, no, for the rest of the already. year, I'm telling for the rest you, of the year, yeah. any defense, yeah. anyone. Well, Blaine Gabbard is good for what ails you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, wow. <laughs> so that's all the disappointing. Not, not even all the disappointing, guys. It's been a weird, weird start to the season. And you know what? It always is because the NFL is so fluid that you can you can brush away your old concepts of players like really quickly. So, I mean, hanging like hopefully those guys haven't sunk your season. Hopefully not. Hopefully you have some of our next guys. And we wanted to talk about, you know, it's getting around Halloween. Dude, we have a Halloween theme. Ooh. So spooky. <laughs> the zombie apocalypse is upon us. We have players yes. returning from the dead. Yeah, these guys are hopefully... Especially maybe, if you maybe, see, listen to some of these names on there, you definitely think they are. We dead. had them dead and buried. We did not think they were going to be fantasy relevant, and lo and behold, they have. I mean, I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on them because most of them are pretty... We've talked about a couple of them already, but the first one, Willis McGahee. I mean, that guy... Literally was on the street two weeks ago. <laughs> and yeah. what did he have last he's night? Like, 74 yards like in the touchdown? Yeah. I mean, he, he was a guy that we thought... Weekend oh, at Bernie's when they play the, you know, they kind of play the music and he just goes out there and just, <laughs> just goes. <laughs> I think, I think McGahee was a guy that we thought would get picked up by a team at some point. We weren't necessarily expecting Trent Richardson to get traded from the Browns. I wasn't expecting Willis <laughs> McGahee to, he got like almost 30 carries last night. Yeah. Well, they, insane. yeah, I don't even understand what they're doing there. Cause I really like Bobby Rainey there and they should divide that workload up a little more, but while he's healthy, Willis McGahee is, will be the man there and he's easily a flex play right now. Uh, he may move into an RB2 spot as it gets more comfortable in that offense. The Browns are very, as we said, the Browns are very hard to predict what's going to happen over the next, you know, even next quarter of the season, let alone. But, I mean, if he captures the goal line job, that alone makes him a flex play because he's the only guy there. Yeah. I mean, Chris Obanai, that, that other <laughs> guy, guy. I mean, you know, he's he's nicked up and, you know. Well, I say good for I don't Willis think McGahee. He's a I always liked Willis McGahee. And, significant player there. but uh, And I and I like the fact that he's fantasy relevant again. Um, someone we talked about before, Sean Marino. Obviously, yeah. we covered that one. He, he probably will be the lead back there for as long as they're in playoff contention. Um, Jerome Simpson doing backflips no in Minnesota. Came, he back- came out of no. I mean, that guy was I mean, he's was, keeping was a number one draft pick on the bench, yeah. Cordell Patterson. I mean, I'm super surprised. He was a second-round I mean, pick, so he had some, you know, some some amount of talent when he came yeah, out. Yeah, I know, but, but I watched time, him last year. Shift. I mean, with the Bengals' offense, their wide receivers and stuff, you would have thought he would have somewhat produced, especially next, you know, only having, uh, you know, a couple guys back there a couple years ago. Well, a couple if you're a nobodies. Simpson owner, but you know, you got you got to hope that like, like, kind of where we were going with this is like he's inconsistent. He was on a better team and he couldn't get it done. And last year he was terrible. Yeah, but you got to think that they're going to go to him. Like, he's had a couple of huge games which have made his fantasy numbers look real good because, like most Minnesota receivers, he, dis- he disappears in between those games. But that's I think he's going to disappear again. Yeah. I, you know, it's more a function of what they do at quarterback. I'm really interested to see how long this quote-unquote injury lasts with Christian Ponder and how long Matt well, Castle is given to do this. Well, supposedly it's a serious rib injury because it's up near his heart. Hmm. And it's going to take him a while to come back. I heard four weeks. So least. Jerome Simpson could have fantasy value for the next four weeks because that's how down I am. I still, I still wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I don't you, know. you can't. I you, think you'd be I, you can start him as. Yeah, I mean, if, you're if, he's, have a, some if bad he's a weeks. bye week fill in, yeah. But otherwise, as a wide I wouldn't. receiver three. I think you could get where I get away with him as a wide receiver three, in you know, depending on how strong your team is, and you know, 
Real quick, as a, as an aside, because we forgot to put this guy on the on the most disappointing one, and I'm just thinking about it when we're talking about wide receiver threes. Is <laughs> you would much rather have Jerome Simpson on your roster right now than a guy like Lance Moore, which is insane for me to say out loud, but that is the way things are right now. I know, poor Lance Moore, not getting any targets. I mean, oh, well. he's hurt, and he's hurt now exactly, <laughs> and uh, it's been that kind of year, people. Another guy rising from the dead. We talked about earlier, Philip Rivers. Just the ultimate zombie. I mean, that, uh, insane. Uh, your voodoo priest is Mike McCoy. That's all you need to know. Yeah, about absolutely. Situation. Another guy who really, I thought he would f- thrive in the offense is Deshaun Jackson, and he really has. And I, he, he's the most consistent he's been so far, I think, since since he came into the league. And what's encouraging about this is the fact that he really, you know, Selleck is a good NFL tight end, but there really aren't any other passing options there to take pressure off Deshaun Jackson either. I mean, no, Macklin that, that, that Macklin injury helped him a lot, yeah. I think. So the fact that he's doing this with the atten- the added attention on him is very encouraging for his future. Yeah, um, another one, Anquan Bolden. I mean, oh, yeah, God. Yeah. This guy's a roller coaster, <laughs> man. Uh, I can't oh, he is, but, guy. I mean, honestly, I but thought. He's not even a roller coaster because of his fault. It's kind of like Cap. If, if him and Cap are the only guys that are catching balls, the defense knows that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's not a product of his problem. It's a, it's a yeah, but I, problem. I, yeah. I mean, he's always to me. He's always been undervalued. He always has been. And now that, like, but at thirty three, he, he's still producing. That, that's yeah. that's the thing that surprised me. You know what I mean? I know he's a number one receiver, but he's probably a low end number one receiver. But still, I mean, he's that first week was insane. Well, if you drafted him, that was one of the greatest, craziest performances I've ever seen by a wide receiver. Everybody knew the sick. ball was going to him and they kept throwing it to him. It was yeah. insane. You know, I mean, I think if you drafted him, uh, you probably got good value on him. You, you, Absolutely. Stick, you stick with him this year. You know, you, you're going to have some games where he disappears, because the, but you're going to have some games where the entire Niners offense disappears. So uh, aside from Frank Gore, because it's just and even he might disappear if they don't give him the ball. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Bolden. I like Bolden. Um, Love this couple guy. Tight, couple tight ends. Antonio Gates coming back, yes. had a terrible season, was banged up all last year, got in shape, and now he looks like Antonio <laughs> Gates 2008. It's we insane. all thought, I mean, I, don't I, mean, know I we... have him in a dynasty league, and I was begging people to take him off my hands, and no one wanted him. And now I'm so glad I have him because my other tight ends, Brandon Pettigrew and Kyle Rudolph, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, what happens is that we – uh, we always rush to bury players, and that's fine because sometimes they deserve it. But well, this is fantasy, and that's. I mean, he comes it. with the he comes with the whole Mike McCoy package. They they yeah. figured out a way to get him mm-hmm. over. Like we all, I I don't know if we all thought. I will say. I mean, it's, I well, thought, it's, well, it certainly helps that there's no one else to throw to. Right. Well, I thought that that they might use uh, Ladarius Green more this year. Oh, they I might try to They might try to work him in. And I watched a couple of their preseason games, and they threw the threw to him quite a bit. And I thought it was, this was the transition year. Yeah. Uh, maybe that lit a fire under Gates' ass. Maybe he saw what was going on and he wasn't. Well, and, and the fact that his his body type last year looked like Algie Crumpler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. like, oh, I mean, it was just, it was, he looked like a fat turd running down the wall, down this thing. I mean, it was, it was yeah. bad. Algie Crumpler's late career was like the fat Elvis. He was. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was almost like Dwayne Carswell for the Broncos back in the, this is like. Tim, some of our <laughs> listeners are probably not that old. Well, he was a 290-pound tight end. It's, it's bad. He actually was a backup left tackle as a tight end. At any rate, next one, Kellen Winslow Jr. Yeah, his improvement hasn't been as dramatic. But No, but he, 
He wasn't no, on a but team. But the fact last that he year. can actually walk and be yeah. on a football field without a walker or something like that is is quite amazing. And I, you know what I noticed too? He has such bad knees. He doesn't wear knee braces or anything like that. No, I think he's Which just I, past the point where he's concerned it's, about. Yeah, it. I think it's, it's it doesn't it's not stability. I think he just has like arthritis and like chronic pain kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah. he's a soldier. He'll soldier through that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, but just the fact that this guy is, you know, almost is rosterable. I mean, he's probably a tight end too, a low tight end too, but he's probably oh, a tight end oh, too yeah. in a lot of formats, especially a twelve-team league. Yeah, this is more just a shout out to him. Yeah, good and for, good for you. <laughs> one guy we did talk about before was, um, you know, Fred Jackson, and how as a thirty-three-year-old running back, he's turning back. Fred the clock. Jackson is remarkable. It's remarkable. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's. I think it's season. this year and next year. Oh yeah, probably. It's one of those, but, it, but this year, it, absolutely. I, I, I sure as heck didn't think the ground. Absolutely. And the one quarterback who, I, he's really surprised me so far, and he hasn't put up tremendous numbers, but I think. He did last he week. Is what, he, he, he did is last week. what we thought he was. No, I mean, he's he's playing well, and he's not turning the ball over, and that's Alex Smith in Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know. Alex Smith in many leagues right now, just based on his last week performance where he threw three touchdowns, is a top Ten yep. fantasy quarterback in your league after four games of the NFL season. Let me say that again. Alex Smith is a top ten quarterback. He's higher than RG three, higher than Kaepernick, higher than Wilson. Staggering. And, and a lot. And you, you know what? In a lot of leagues, he's still there too. He's a couple yep. of my leagues. I mean, he's still, he's just sitting there, and I'm like, wow. He's not for me in every week start yet because what happens with them is they get a little conservative, and some weeks he'll go without a touchdown, so you will be burned by that situation. No, but, but if you but if you but, had a choice in for a bye week or something like that, or maybe even yeah. a, even a matchup wise, he I is would, an awesome quarterback number two. Yeah, he's great. Well, he's he's a one for me. Depending on what we do, he could be a one A. I mean, if you yeah. if, it, if you have a team with Eli Manning and you're sick of watching, <laughs> you know, Manning oh, has absolutely. a tough if Manning has a tough week uh, ahead and he's playing a good defense and you got Alex Smith sitting there. There's no reason not to. Or someone like Jay Cutler and Alex Smith, you could definitely play matchups with yeah, you know a absolutely. combination like that. You know, and even you know, Ru- even Russell like Wilson at this point. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, any of those, you know, mid-level guys that are you know kind of up and down for whatever reason. You it know, sounds I think, crazy, people, but this is what's happening. And you know, and this is you know like, ma- making plays like that and you know putting in the right guy based on the right matchup is really how you win a lot of games and how you win leagues and how you get out of that one and three funk. I mean, sometimes you have to take a couple chances and doing things like like starting Alex Smith over a higher drafted quarterback. Might be the way to do it. Next up, youth has been served. We're trying to talk about some young players who have really stepped up this year. Yeah, so the zombies have been buried, and now it's on to the youth movement. The youth. Youth. The youths. Um, the youths. And, and, and most of these guys are pretty obvious, and you know it, it, we're not you know breaking new ground here, but we wanted to just talk about some of the young guys who are developing throughout the league. Um, um, first blood. one, Josh Gordon. In uh, oh. Cleveland, wow! Yeah, I, mean, I love that guy. Again, man. the Browns completely unpredictable. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, <laughs> take away that the laws of nature do not apply to the Cleveland Browns. How could this guy come off a suspension with a different quarterback than the quarterback he had a year ago and light him up on the very first game? Yeah, he had 140 yards the first game, 71 the second game, and last night he caught a 37-yard touchdown pass. I don't know how many yards. I he think had, he wound up with 80, about 80, 86 yards. yards. Yeah. 86 yards. Yeah. 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 So I mean that's that's insane. But I mean, and he gets tons of targets because against the Vikings he had nineteen targets. Nineteen targets, yeah, I 19. saw that. That was actually a huge part of that game because 
his touchdown in that game came out of busted coverage that was like yeah there's no one within no 20 one there, yards but over, what yeah. people didn't see is that he was only connected on about half of his 19 targets it doesn't matter if i have him i'm i'm doing backflips and you know you probably draft you probably had to draft him higher than you wanted to in the original draft but i mean Going into it, we th- I, at least personally, I thought he was going to be worth it, and so far he's proven. I'm starting so. him in a shallow league over Mike Wallace on a weekly basis now. Absolutely. Oh, I, so I, I, I would do that without is, even thinking. He is – I mean, I don't want to overinflate him. He is going to have a bad game here and there, especially with Whedon back in there. But, but, but he will finish probably in the top 20 to 25 wide receivers this year. Yeah, and that's after missing – After missing two weeks, yeah. Hey, hey – <laughs> You know, he, he's an impressive, you so know, he's on his way to be a number one receiver. Hopefully you went to the artofscore.com, the artofscore wordpress.com, where I recommended you picking him up the week before he became available because yeah, you, you, and, and, <laughs> I'm sure in some leagues he was sitting there on the waiver wire. I'm, I'm just going to toot our own horn. Our, our waiver wire pickups and our starts and sits have been pretty spot on for most of the year. I mean, we do miss on some, Except but for no, the Browns. No one's ever going to be a hundred percent, but I think overall, I mean, I, I you read our blog and, and you don't have to do everything we say, and we're not saying to do everything we say, but get gather the information. Please and, keep it in the back of your mind. Yeah. And, and, and listen to us. Cause we do know what we're talking about. Several we do, guys on this list, including the guy under the next guy, <laughs> Robert Woods is a guy that I talked about getting in week three. Yep. And he is now the only functional wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. As we <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk today. So you, in this, I guarantee you in most leagues, Robert Woods was sitting there on the waiver uh, at the time that we recommended him. And now you probably got yourself a nice wide receiver four with some upside to wide receiver three for the, for I, thought, I, I, I don't them. know. I, I, I don't almost put him as a three, maybe a two because Stevie Johnson just went down too with a back injury. And yeah. you I know, just Marquise don't know if Goodwin's they're going to throw enough to make that worth it because they're going to have tool there. And I don't know what, what's that going to do. He's a tool. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to do for You're talking about rookie wide receivers. I just want to throw one guy in there too, is Justin Hunter for the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, And and I don't know if he's an every week start, but yeah, he's definitely starting to play. Like he's a guy to keep an eye on. I don't know if your roster. I think think you can do him on the waiver wire at this point, but you probably want to monitor him because, because he makes big plays. The Titans offense is a little bit of a mess as well. Well, with the, they're they're not as much of a mess as the Jaguars. They're just unknown. I wouldn't say they're a mess, but they're kind of unknown. You don't know how they're going to react to the ball distribution is all screwed up. I'm not saying a mess like they don't have talent. I'm saying it's a mess like you don't but know the pecking order there. You don't. But know they're force feeding them, you know, because they they kind of bench the Brit, and they're kind of you know going on on and off about uh, you know uh, answering trade calls for him and stuff like that for Kenny Britt. So I mean the other only other guys you have Nate Washington, you have um, uh, Kendall Ken Wright. Or Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright yeah. was complete. You know, garbage. so <laughs> it's another guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I just, would monitor. Just I would definitely monitor him this week with Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. If he sees multiple targets, he might be worth a pickup as your wide receiver five, and then you hope he develops into a wide receiver. He's three. more of a stash for later in the season, yeah. perhaps if they get that down. But. Yeah, um, we talked about Jordan Cameron, the tight end, before beating him to death. <laughs> Number two tight end, and Mia, Mia so Culpa. Okay, yeah. Mia Culpa. Who saw that coming? Um, in the other tight end that I wanted to say, Charles. that I. I no one ever saw this guy coming. 
I mean, Dustin Keller went down with an injury for Miami, and you had. We were talking about that in the preseason. And if you do, and if you did say you 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 saw this coming, you're a liar. Yeah. Um. And and, and I've watched him play last year. I watched him play. I'm a Seahawks fan, and I watched him, you know, make some plays against Seattle last year. But I never thought he was anything more than a number two tight end. It's Charles Clay on Miami, and he stepped in for Keller, and he's, I think, in 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 our leagues, he's around the seventh or eighth. He's in the Best top tight 10. end. Yeah. I mean, which is crazy. And, and this is the thing about how we were talking about how you know when guys underperform, like the underperforming bad surprises, there are always guys that step in and fill the vacuum. So yeah. for every Fred Davis, there's a Charles Clay. You know, there's a guy, <laughs> and he's in. another guy that we mentioned on the waiver wire that you should have picked up if you read yes. our blog. Yeah, which you should. That's artofscore.wordpress.com. Plug subtle plugging. <laughs> um, couple running backs. You know, second-year guy and a rookie, um, Lamar Miller. I mean, after that first week, I thought this guy was just a, a complete mess after doing nothing. I had to advise uh, two separate people who own teams. I had to I had to plead with them not to cut Lamar Miller. No, oh, definitely not. That would be terrible. Him, not to trade Lamar Miller. Not to even bench Lamar Miller because they had such a bad feeling. I said, look, he's young. <laughs> you have to give him the opportunity. He knows this is his opportunity in Miami there. He's getting pushed by who? Daniel Thomas? who actually has played a little better this year than I thought he had, but he still sucks. <laughs> like, he's yeah. not going to get pushed. He's gonna, That's his job. 2013 is Lamar Miller's job, and he's got a starting job. you got to keep him on your roster. Yeah, I mean, maybe next year Mike Galissi comes in and gives him a little more uh, competition. But right now, yeah. Another guy who has no competition, Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, he's only played a couple games, but – one. <laughs> yeah, one game. Yeah, a couple games coming into uh, this week, but uh, I mean, he looked good. I mean, he looked exactly what they need. I mean, I was a little shocked. Actually. I mean, what, it was well, that what, for him. what else do you have at the studio? No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, I mean like, he's the only game in town. You have this guy. I mean, it, it's it's not, you know, it's not so much Dwyer. I thought Dwyer was uh, is still a is still good, man. I I still I'm still high on him. I mean, obviously now you know that. Uh, Bell came back. He's you know pretty much useless, but I still liked him, man. I think he had a lot of potential. I mean, I thought I that I he just... would be their lead back, Tim. I, I honestly did. I thought he'd be yeah, their lead too, back yeah. for at least half the season. But again, it's one of those situations where you know there's two things: you got the talent, and then you have the opportunity. And the coaches, he fell out of favor over there really quickly, obviously because they cut him <laughs> and then had to bring yeah. him back. Uh, he's not. If he has a future, it's not going to be in Pittsburgh. They don't. They don't believe in him. Maybe I, I, yeah. I don't. I think he has overwhelming talent to really get a job anywhere else. It's what what I would say about Le'Veon Bell is that it's it's amazing to me how fluid he looked. Uh, okay, granted, it's against the Minnesota defense. It's pretty terrible this year, but to come in behind a terrible Pittsburgh line <laughs> and to clearly outplay all the guys on that team at the Pittsburgh running back position that had been playing there since the start of the season. And to be involved in the passing game to boot, yeah, I, I, that I did not see coming. Like you know, you got to be. I just you gotta not be kidding me. You catching gotta, the ball in. If you stashed Le'Veon Bell, if you drafted him, which you probably did, and you staffed, and you didn't get upset with him and, and cut him or whatever, and you had patience, you are reaping the rewards. And I'm not saying he's going to go on to be an RB one this year. And I'm not saying it's that probably just a flex play the rest of the season. Yeah. But he's a solid flex play, and he he'll could get be you. an RB two with the workload. You he never might. know. You never know, but but you, kudos <laughs> if you if you stuck with him because he does look like he's going to be serviceable now, which I did not think. I thought maybe he would be a rotational. He will have some bad games, FYI. 
And the last one I wanted to talk about was Torrey Smith. And not that he's a surprise to anybody, but he's finally developing into that number one receiver. Like, I think we well, all thought. He got that target hog out of the way. He got, he got Bolden yeah, I mean, out of the way. And everybody, you know, he, he's. I think he's just a great talent. And he'll, you know, he's going to put up great numbers from I love for here Torrey on Smith. out. He's yeah, a freak. Right. The guy's a freak. If you can just get him. Now he's suffering the opposite problem. Last year he had to divide his targets between Pitta and, uh, and Bolden. This year, since nobody else has got the thing, it's too easy for teams to really. I mean, he's had some monster games this year, but he will have even better games when Baltimore goes through an off season and picks him up another weapon to, to distract opponents a little bit. Yeah, I mean, even when up. Jacoby Jones comes back, will help some. I mean, not that I, I'm not a big Jacoby Jones, you know, proponent at Ugh. all, but guy's terrible. he has nothing else. I mean, there's just a bunch of young guys there, so having any veteran receiver on the other side of him is going to help. Um, next up. I think we're going to look at some of our missed predictions from earlier in the year and then make some predictions moving forward. Tim, would you like to say something? Would you, no. Would you like to c- confess to something? <laughs> Jack Hughes, Timothy. <laughs> would, you like to, would you like to apologize for your vehement defense of all Patriots, Sudfeld, Ridley, even Brady to a certain extent. Would yeah, you like no, to I don't apologize for Brady. I don't apologize for him at all. Yeah. Oh, I, I Would you felt... like to apologize to Ron and I, who told you that there was no way he was going to put up the same production that he had previous years? Would you like to? Would you like to? Well, that? the season's not over. It's just a quarter. So <laughs> no, I will. I, 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 no, four games into it, I will not. I will not secede. I mean, I agree. I think they'll get. But that. the but yeah, he's going to get some targets back. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I was wrong on Sudfeld and Ridley. And and and, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know Sudfeld. You, I mean, you looked at the potential. You looked at the preseason. You know, it, it, yeah. It's just uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's just <laughs> he's a right, jet now, so I really don't care. <laughs> Quite honestly, I, I I apologize to all the old guys on my teams that I, I never draft guys like skill running backs or wide receivers or most tight ends. I don't draft them over 30 because I just think the potential for them dropping off a cliff is high, is so much higher than the other ones. But Antonio Gates and Fred Jackson, I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I guess I'll take the rap for, uh, for the Jordan Cameron. Somebody on this program has to do that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was high on Jordan Cameron, so I, I no. Uh, we can replay the tape on that. Do it. <laughs> Do it. I don't. I don't think you advise taking him in the first ten rounds. Oh, no, not the first ten rounds. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think. But you had, you had. You had. You weren't big on him at all. I mean, you were. No. You were totally. Against and you know him, what? So. And, and to be completely honest with you, uh, I'm begrudgingly on board with this. I do kind of still want to see how this experiment plays out with him. He's going to have a good year because he started very strong. I would be still semi shocked to see him finish as the second overall tight end. Uh, in fantasy by the end of the year because I think eventually that's going to balance it out. But kudos to him. He's obviously clearly a fantasy starter. He probably will finish the year top five at his position, no question. So if you took him late, you stepped in shit, <laughs> and that's great for you. <laughs> and and, and I, I did. <laughs> a couple of my, I have two of my leagues, and it was awesome. I'd also like to apologize to Daryl Richardson because – He's such a poor player <laughs> in such a bad situation that I just feel bad for him because he's not as bad as his 1.3 yards per carry would suggest. He's infinitely better than Isaiah Pede, but I would just like to apologize. You know, I, I, I don't know. He uh, might. 
he has the potential to break Chester Taylor's record for the lowest yards per carry average with over 100 carries, which is like 2.7 yards. That is not something you want to be breaking. No, no, I mean, truly, I mean, uh, you know, talking about that, like Isaiah Peed, I mean. I just talked about Chester Taylor. Okay. Yeah, that's (laughs) terrible. No, I think – I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you want to start? I mean, your 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 running game's that bad. Why not start Isaiah Pete? I mean, what, at this point, what have you got to lose? He was a healthy scratch. The coaches have seen <laughs> the coaches have seen enough. I know, but it's Zach I mean, Stacy. It's Zach Stacy time, and you know what? When that guy falls on his face, you know Benny what, Cunningham. You know who's gonna be the? Uh, this is what I said. Watching preseason. Benny Cunningham. By week ten, will be the Rams' starting running back. Yeah. Mark it down. Uh, uh, that, that's uh, your you crystal know, ball presi- you, prediction. Yes, I he just, will. Uh, he will be worth all of the three point three yards he gets <laughs> because three point three yards will be two and a half yards higher than anybody else is getting. I'm gonna say right now that Mark Ingram is gonna ha- weigh more than yards he rushes for. What does he weigh? Two hundred and twenty <laughs> pounds. He's not gonna rush for two hundred twenty yards this season. No way. That's a good prediction. I like that. And, I, yeah. I. <sighs> That here's here's actually a, a a fantasy one that's semi-serious here for a moment. Can we get a little serious? No, I'll try to try right. to. Uh, we're getting a little punchy here. Hopefully, Good. you're still with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the people that uh, and rightly so, the people that were burying Donald Brown when the Trent Richardson trade was made because he was going third in the pecking order, and and because he seemed to be a big reason why they made that trade because Ursay was not happy with the depth behind Ahmad Bradshaw. Another reason Donald why Brown is a buy low right now, people, because Ahmad Bradshaw is probably not coming back. Trent Richardson is having a little bit of a problem adjusting. Donald Brown had three carries last week. You want to know how many yards he got? 65 yards on three carries. He's they If they use him, God, if they use him. I mean, he had a 50-yard run. Yeah. yeah. That's a, fine. That's another Dude, reason. Touches. That's another I reason think, not to uh, draft anybody from UConn. Yes, uh, I said it. I'm making the point. This guy is going to be a valuable player for you. You can mock me now. Pick we the guy will. up. Ahmad Bradshaw is not coming back. He's not playing football this year. He's backing up a guy in Trent Richardson who is a little more hyped than reality right now, and that hurts me to say as a Richardson owner in a few a few leagues. And I'm not saying Donald Brown's going to win the job. I do think Donald Brown, because of his pass protection and stuff, is going to have a role on that team going forward. And all of a sudden, there's a guy in your waiver wire right now who could be an optional flex play for you down and another guy I wanted to bring up just as a, as a potential, and not this week and probably not next week, but Percy Harvin might be coming back way earlier. He might be coming back for week seven or eight. So if he's on the potential, you have to really monitor this. You want to get him the week before he's eligible to come back yep. because then you won't get him. Yep. Just like but if just, you could get him at week Gordon eight, and Justin Black, that'll give you probably four or five games that he might be worth it because there's probably guys on your roster now especially in three weeks, that you can cut. And it's better to take a swing at a home run like Percy Harvin than keep someone, you know, just some dead like weight Mark on your Ingram. team. Like Mark Ingram, <laughs> exactly, on your team. Or you know Lance I mean? Moore. <laughs> you know, I, I do any, wanna, any uh, underperforming guy, at that point, you know, especially if you're in a playoff push, swing for the fences and make a play. What do we think about the possibility of Jay Stu coming back? <laughs> We don't. Does that move? Does that move anybody? <laughs> no, really because right. D'Angelo Williams is actually doing actually doing. He's, pretty he's awesome. another guy I probably should apologize to, <laughs> because I had that guy buried as well. 
D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams, yeah. yeah. And, and he's actually played really awesome. And he probably should have been our, on our zombie because he kind of uh, yeah, he's had came th- back from he's the He's had dead. Uh, three good games. He's had uh, two games in the 80s and one against the Giants at 120. And massively consistent. I think his points were... Yeah, I mean, my only problem with him is that the he's old. Side at the red zone, he's not worth getting the ball, and he's never going to get a touchdown unless oh, he's running in from forty yards. Because... Mike Tolbert, Coastal Carolina University. Gross. The pride of. You got any predictions for the season, Timothy? Predictions for the fight, pain. <laughs> pain no, but I do. I do want to do one one apology to all the Jaguar fans out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it will get better. Every team really? goes through it. It's tough. It's painful. Start Ricky Stanzi. <laughs> but I just have to say one thing. Please don't sign Tim Tebow. Please. Please. Oh, Tim, we like, almost got like through a goddamn podcast <laughs> without mentioning that goddamn guy's name. No, I mentioned him earlier. There's, n- there's nothing more disappointing than having a bad team and having the hope rest on a bad quarterback's shoulders. You already have two bad quarterbacks. You do not need a third. Yes, he will fill the seats for the first two games until they actually see how terrible he's playing and how talentless the team They're is. They're not going to sign him. I love how this turns into uh, Jaguar theater. <laughs> well, I <laughs> leave <laughs> All of your apologies are always, directed at the, <laughs> are always directed at the Jaguars. Well, you can't help it. I mean, you watch the <laughs> team. You watch it for a quarter, and you just want to friggin' throw Your apologies up. are like backhanded compliments. You're kicking them while they're down. Just leave them alone. Leave poor... poor no, poor I want to kick them while they're down. Them. You just gave the rugged Ronnie Garvin stomp. <laughs> there was the one player Jaguars. on that team. That deserves respect and plays his ass off, and that's Paul Puzlesny. That's great. <laughs> that guy is <laughs> when he's not when he's not having his arm broken. He's a fantastic player. Uh, but I'm not even saying that facetiously. I, uh, own, I own him in an IDP league. He's good. Any other predictions for the upcoming before we mercifully end this hour and a half long podcast? I think the Browns Chris- will finish six and ten somehow. They will stumble their way only to wow. three, three more wins. Even though I like them, I love them. They're my, probably my second favorite team in football. I just think that something, all this crazy luck that's been coming through for good for them, started to turn with Hoyer's injury the other night, and I, I think it's downhill from here. Although they will have fantasy producers. My Tim? one prediction is that Ben Roethlisberger and the offense will come back around. Wow. I, truly, I truly believe that. They, 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 will, they will figure something out. Either that or Todd Haley's going to figure that, or Todd Haley will have a have a heart attack on the sideline by yelling at everybody, or have a have an artery burst in his freaking chest or something. But I would say I would yeah, bet I, on that before I bet on them turning it around. I <laughs> no, I, I, I wonder. I, I think they're going to turn around. I mean, I, who do you do think yells of... more, Jim Harbaugh or Todd Haley? Because I would love to like get those guys in a room and just like watch them yell at each other and just see which one drops first. That would be good. I don't know. You've asked the unanswerable question. <laughs> At any rate, this is the Art of Score podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Art of Score, Art of Score dot WordPress dot com. Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Yes. Facebook. We're on there. We're everywhere. We are. And we're available for personal consultation. If you have any questions, if you hated this podcast, <laughs> said we talked too much, maybe. You just don't like me personally. You can hit us I up, don't. make I comments, don't. 
Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Makes comments. Sometimes. Ask us questions on Twitter. We'll respond. We're always around. Maybe ask us on Facebook. Yeah, artofscore.wordpress.com. This is the Art of Score first quarter review podcast. We're out. Bye.